Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North-South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com up connection welcome back to ryan jt's excellent wrestling adventure episode number six myself and ryan gray take you on this journey through wrestling history doing some live watching with our friends and of course you can watch this and watch along uh with us on youtube if you subscribe and uh follow us and watch there or you can listen on any podcast app as well searching north south connection this podcast is simulcast across both most of our stuff is simulcast across both there are some exclusive stuff so just subscribe to both things and you won't miss anything ain't that right ryan that's that's for sure justin Okay, very good. So the gimmick here is you and I invite a different friend in every episode. We're live watching one-hour wrestling programs from wrestling history. And our first season gimmick is doing uh, premiere episodes. I don't say pilots because they all get picked up. But we'll cut premiere episodes of famous wrestling programs. So we've done stuff like Superstars. We've done Challenge. Uh, what else did we do so far? We did uh, Action Zone. Action Zone. We did Heat. Yeah, Heat Lost. was on one velocity so uh tonight we're gonna fast forward this is gonna be the the most current thing we've done so far um and we're gonna go all the way to 2012 and to do that we're gonna bring in our most famous current wrestling analyst and expert that is our good buddy my co-host on duty war and you also hear him on viewers choice with our buddy not the tool man tim taylor that is mr marcus fuller marcus how are you high praise and lofty expectations with that uh that intro but i'll try to deliver man i'm good um i'm excited to watch the show because we were talking uh before we got started I don't think I've seen this since the, the inaugural airing, so I'm looking forward to going back and watching this. I'm guessing I never saw it. That, that's my guess. Um, I can say, I know on PlaySimulation.com back in the day, in 2013, we had a live main event review like every week um, at that point, but uh, that would have been after this. So I'm guessing this will be new to me. This is from October 3rd, 2012. It is available on Peacock, uh, but then again, too, if you're watching on YouTube and you look to the sky, you never know what you may find, so keep your eyes peeled. And we're going to go ahead and fire this up, and we're going to count in three, two, one, play. So, Ryan, would you have guy? What's that? You're a main event guy? Did you watch this live at the time? Oh, of course. I remember watching this. Uh, I just moved into my house about a year ago, so I can remember like watching it in my living room right before re- refurnishing it how it is now or remodeling it how it is now so i do recall my trip down memory lane does remember me in that live in that old living room setup so how how did it air i know it eventually goes to the network when the network starts but from 12 to 14 was it on tv or was it on the web it was on I tv believe it, was, it was it was on uh, ion 
Yeah, wow. it was. Uh, is it syndicated or is that cable? Uh, I, yeah. It's kind of syndicated. Ion was like one of those like fifth or air, six, right? yeah, network television kind of channels. I think yeah, it used to be PAX. Right. Um, My TV vibes, kind of like that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like yeah, that. yeah. Was, was I on the religious one? Yeah, it definitely skewed uh, religious. Um, Chick-fil-A ads. Rebranded, uh, I guess you could say. Ion Television. Let's see. Uh, broadcast TV network owned by the Cats Broadcasting subsidiary. <laughs> this is just a tax shelter. Subsidiary of EW Scripts Company. It actually started in 1998 as PAX TV. Uh, it was family-oriented programming. Rebranded as I Independent Television on July uh, in July 2005, and then moved on to Ion Television in 2007. So I remember PAX. I definitely remember PAX TV. Are they still going? Yeah, it looks like it. Um, they started airing. Oh, yeah. So this is like um, it's definitely an over-the-air thing because they would have like the digital channels and all that. So like, if Ion was like twelve point one, it had the main feed. Twelve point two actually started airing home shopping. Twelve point three was QVC all under the Ion banner. Um, there you go. Moses just said we're on Ion. Yeah, and I think they're pretty much just rebranded to run in like. Law and Order, SVU, Criminal right. Minds, CSI, kind of like that. Yeah, Ion follows a programming strategy similar to major cable networks, with the majority of schedule being filled by acquired broadcast and cable drama series, few original programs, holiday films, etc. Unlike other broadcast networks, does not necessarily allow its own and operated stations affiliates to air syndicated programming during daytime and late night hours. Um, yeah, so I don't know how long main event is on here, because it definitely does go to the network, right? Yes. Yeah, sixteen or well, like Superstars ends, I think. Yeah, because it, it also went to Hulu because Hulu had gotten kind of their toes into the live distribution. Uh, so yeah, Hulu had rights to it for a little bit. I believe yeah, it's it still then, first ran on Hulu. Yeah, first it still is. Yeah, it was on Ion from twelve to fourteen. It was on Hulu from twelve to present, so they had it as well. And then WWE.com had it for a year 2013 to 14 while it was on ion and then the network has been on since um and peacock obviously network and the peacock uh still going apparently <laughs> i did not realize it's still aired um oh yeah you get this is the pre-raw taping right now you get two yeah. matches usually dana brooke and madcap moss is late you know <laughs> there you go um after the, the cancellation of superstars it. made event became exclusive to raw so there you go Yep. And then 205 Live used to be on SmackDown. So interesting start with Cole and Miz. Was Miz like a selling point of the show? Do you remember? It must have been, right? Like Miz on, is he on commentary or is he just hosting or whatever? But it seems like they would have used that as a selling point probably. Probably. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was a uh, kind of, yeah, attraction selling point. Also good to just mix it up because we're definitely in the uh, Michael Cole era. Mm-hmm. Nicole and JBL as we've we covered on war <laughs> all that this uh so this is post like Keel Cole is because he drops that when King has the heart attack right when's that that's got to be right before this that's probably here right yeah because he's heart attack at twelve in the fall right because I remember Monday Night yeah. Football was happened was that twelve I think so I think Cole is, it's crazy to think about but Cole like does the heel shtick. Until here, like he's doing yeah. it. September tenth, twenty twelve. 
Okay. So here he's back to being a space coal because that's when he changed. But yeah. like Mania 27 and those couple months after in 2011 oh. is when they did all the coal king stuff. And then he still is an asshole heel commentator for another year after that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the night of King's heart attack that they have him be serious. And then the next week he's like just back to being Michael Cole. And that's when JBL comes back and all that. Does Hamus still get the ponytail? I think he does. I think he's still out of here. So this is just like a punk video. Yeah, package. a lot of well, I mean, video he's been world champion for a while now. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the Survivor Series, correct? Yeah. Twenty eleven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he loses so, it to the well, roster rumble. Thirteen. And I like this because you got to figure new audience potentially on Ion over the air, like a showcase our world champion with a video package. So you can see what he's all about when you watch him wrestle tonight. I mean, it's a, we talked about it, Ryan, on all five of these so far. Like they really try and go roll the red carpet out, you know, for these first ones. And um, for this one, they're going to have a, your, your world champion is wrestling on Ion. You know, like it's crazy to think about, but that's that's what they're doing to make sure this gets over. Both your world champions, too, versus Sheamus. Yes. Yep. Yeah, this is definitely a different format, though, how they're doing this with the in-ring, then the video, throwing it to the video, throwing it to the mm-hmm. backstage. I don't know. I kind of like it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you guys, are, time, but. you guys have talked about shows and, like, they kind of have, like, different formats. Or they'll, they'll try, like, new things here and there, and then it's, like, how many shows until Vince gets bored and it just becomes, like – Right, standard product. Like, it's a bummer, but yeah, no, this is fresh, especially during this time when it's three hours of Raw and you've mm-hmm. got SmackDown and all the programming is just identical. This is a breath of fresh air. Even just watching this dropping into like 2012 for what is this a C show? Like it right. feels fresh. Yeah, Sheamus second billing here. Yeah, so it kind of just. Timestamp. I don't know. Somehow I fell behind, but judging by where everyone else is, at, I think we're right around eight minutes right now. If you're watching with us, um, just starting to shame this video package. So, yeah, I kind of this, this. When did Seamus become Seamus, you guys? Like, because I feel like there was a bias against him for a while because of the Triple H buddy buddy thing. Um, I mean, I remember liking him right away in ECW. Like him ending Noble's career it was done well. But like he's then I feel like he hits that stretch of like he's not that good, he's just triple H's workout buddy. And then like I feel like overnight he's like, Oh yeah, Seamus is a great worker and one of the best ever. <laughs> like when did that transition happen again? You know? For me, when did I, he win the okay. Kind of like the bar. I, I was like obviously still a smart towards him. But uh, you know, the Brian thing that was pretty damaging to me at the WrestleMania twenty eight, of course. But obviously it's not his fault. But uh Going back, I appreciate. I wouldn't mind going back watching his white, white. Uh, what was it? The white. What was that? The white shark. What was that? Mm. The was great that white. his gimmick? Great Whatever. white. Was that what it was? That's great here. White. I wouldn't mind going back watching that run. But really, when he joined the bar, and when the bar started up in '16, that's probably when I started appreciating him and liking him more. I've always been, uh, always been on that that Seamus serum. Uh, only times I was probably down on Seamus was like. 14 that's when like he left because he was doing ninja turtles maybe and he came back and he immediately kind of even though he changed up his look it was just like it's the same guy like not 
He's just like overexposed, I think. And he was away for a bit, but it wasn't long enough. Well, I think it's um, when he comes back with the Mohawk <laughs> people, like sick of him a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's that. Was that that? I think that's that yeah. return. Yep, that and then 14. I think he gets in, he, he gets too involved in the, um, and we cover this, Marcus, on War. He gets way too involved in like the Reigns stuff where he, ca- we, like Reigns, <laughs> Reigns finally got over, won that tournament, and then they have Sheamus cash in. Like it was like, all right. Um, so like overall, uh, I think, I think that's why the bar in most people's eyes is when it turns because I think everyone was kind of sick of him. The League of Nations was kind of fun, but even then it was kind of like, okay. And then mm-hmm. the bar starts. He has a feud with Cesaro, and then the bar starts, and everyone's like, oh, this guy's awesome. And then I think they revisited a lot of stuff. I was like, oh, he's always been pretty damn good in the ring. I just think his reputation, and I do think there's a little bit of it that he was he was pushed pretty hard. So I think there's a, always yeah. a general resentment around that kind of stuff, like where the guy's getting super pushed, and you know he's not the choice or whatever, but he found a really nice groove around the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, when he came back with like the, the old Irish clothes or whatever. He had that fun yeah. party. That was pretty cool. And they just really just became like a work workhorse on SmackDown on the back end with the Big E stuff was good. That was great. Yeah. Um, and then just even recently with the Gunther stuff was amazing. So he just really found a groove and then he's awesome with the brawling brutes as the leader. He's finally out there leading the leading in the next generation of whatever, Englishman or whatever, Irishman, whatever they want to be. So, uh, yeah, he uh, he's really found a groove lately. I, I dig him now. Oh, now he's, he's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know, but, like Aaron loves the Seamus Henry stuff. Like he talks, yeah, that's about good. That a lot, yeah, yeah. And looking back on it, I really like the stuff with Reigns. Like, I feel like he kind of got the best out of Reigns during that stretch that we mm-hmm. covered on War. Yeah, I mean, he was fine. I, I think at the time, I just think there, was, there right. was so much anger in the fan base. And I'm not even saying it wasn't justified, but there was so much anger in the fan base in 2015, 14, 15, 16. That whole run with Punk, Brian getting hurt, coming back, Reigns getting pushed down everyone's throat, the rumble with Big Show and Kane throwing everyone out. Like, I just feel like there was so much, you know, anti, like, it was adversarial between the fans and the company and there was no nothing on the horizon as a legit co- competitor like all uh new japan was hot like really hot at that and i think it's probably ring of honor's hottest period too was around that time with aj and you know nakamura and all that stuff going on in new japan and him going back and forth ring of honor like i feel like that was the closest we had to an alternative but it felt very much like it was the authority stuff it's like f you we're gonna do yeah. what we want to do and we don't care what you say and i feel like that didn't really shatter until you know, 17, 18, when they started to really just give in and NXT became the super indie and all that stuff. Like, I think that's when the, that pattern broke finally. Um, but it was, it was a rough couple of years. There is like, unless you were a diehard fan, if you in any way wanted something that they weren't presenting, it was like very much you versus them for a while. Yeah. And like nothing that was like right to you, even though we live in the, you know, the, technology age where anything's at your fingertips like you can't just turn on a tv and see an alternative you know yeah i think a lot of people were reliving stuff on the network and all that during that time period and that was like their sanctuary it was like oh i'm gonna go back and watch Mm -hmm. wcw you know saturday night or whatever like from the start to see that how that went and the attitude era raws and so and then that's led to that or or a lot of people did turn to the alternative and did start getting more into roh and 
um, New Japan. Like I know I that's probably the most I watched ROH was during this time, just between you know doing the show with Kevin Kelly and then um, like at, when we started PlayStation.com, like Brad was super into ROH, and uh, so we covered it. We would do like regular I did regular recaps. So I think we were like hungry for an alternative. I think a lot of people turned to those options, you know, pre all in or whatever when the elite started to pop up because when's that when's all when's the first all in 18 19 18, i think yeah, all 18. of 18 Dyn- right because Dy- dynamite starts what like fall of 19 all so in. when that mm-hmm. yeah. call it trunks punk guy here i always mark out for his trunks i don't know why because it's got a halloween theme trunks i think so you immediately like, it looks orange yeah orange yeah. The ropes are pink, which immediately tells you we're in October <laughs> during this time <laughs> period. Who's the G. Coleman one? I say, like, what is it like? Oh nine to when did they finally give up on that grift? I think it's oh nine to eighteen, fifteen, or is it that far in? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I feel like the um, Orton and Hardy cell match had the pink rope, but I might be. I don't think so. I, I just I watched know. it recently. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't think that one. I think it's done by then. Okay. It might be seventeen. Well, that was that 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 was a uh, that was something. In my shirt, I have like a Brian Danielson or Brian Daniels yes pink shirt for some reason. I don't even know. I they went it. all in. I mean, they like were that. them in the NFL were like full on Susan Coleman. Uh, you know, for the cure or whatever, pink everywhere, all pink everything during October. Is this the only yeah, match that, on the show? Uh, is there? A, is Probably that a is, right? I was just, looking that up. I was just looking that up. Uh, I do believe there's another match on the show. Okay, I didn't know if they were going to go like the full like, you know, thirty five minutes yeah, or something two. on this. No, yeah, I think we're in for two matches tonight. Yeah, I think like, you don't see Sheamus and Red like... that much. Mm-mm. But. So what did you, did you guys like Punk with Heyman? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I was never as high as everybody else, but I, I did like it. I think I'm really Punk's down on like the breakup stuff, though, hmm. that happened yeah. to this title run. Like the transition to Ryback and Curtis Axel is just like a little, little yeah. much. I wonder if Punk takes a break – after, I don't want to. Say, I don't I hate to say we lose the Brock match, right? Because it's an all timer. But if Punk takes a break after twenty nine against Taker, and takes like six to eight months off, mm-hmm. mentally <laughs> kind of refreshes, and comes back with a hot angle, maybe he comes back with a Rumble. Rumble fourteen is his return. He takes almost like a year off, just goes and mm-hmm. steps away and chills on better terms than what he ends up being. Do you think he like sticks around for a while? I feel like he may. Like, I feel like that that post he was so angry about Mania, and then like that follow up to your point is so shitty with him feuding with Heyman and Heyman trying to find guys to take him out and all that. Um, you could just tell he wasn't into it. Yeah, and then the whole stuff happens with the staff infection. Like if you take that all off the board, you I wonder if you're, like the adversarial shit's not there. You know. Well, his. That's kind of wishful thinking, but his personality would probably say otherwise that eventually whatever did happen would happen if it's at the end of 14 or the beginning of 15 or whatever. 
Right. You know, whenever WrestleMania season would come around, he would always kind of get a little wormy. Well, if you look at how things go, I mean, I guess you assume Batista still comes back in that point, but I'm wondering if like he could have got his the 14, the WrestleMania 30 main event. You know, maybe if he if he does come back with a hot angle um, after the layoff, you know, maybe it's there for him. What he was going to originally, he was going to get the Triple H match or whatever and go right. over. Yeah. So, yeah, if he doesn't do that, we lose Brian though. Yeah, but does he even Fine. like that? Might not happen because like if he's gone, does he really even come back with an issue with the authority? You know what I mean? Like, does that even the same? Mm-hmm. Does that all go the same or whatever? Who knows? I don't know what hot angle he could come back with, but I'm just envisioning like you know. Well, it ain't Jericho for the third, fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, you could do like Punk. You could just do Brian Triple H. And Brian not not do the world title stuff, and it's Brian versus Triple H Authority versus him for screwing him, and then Punk comes back, wins the Rumble, and beats Orton in the main event. Yeah, I'm not saying that's that. better than what we got, but I'm saying if you're looking for a world where you placate Punk and he stays around long term, if he takes that layoff, recuperates, takes a mental break, kind of does the Brett '96, you know, what I mean, go go away for a little while and and kind of yeah. get your shit in order and come back refreshed. Not that Brett yeah. lasts that much longer, but that was obviously a unique circumstance. And then you can go Batista, Batista, Roman, get Roman yeah. out of that weird Kane match. Or honestly, you could do maybe do Punk Cena. That's the year to do Punk Cena. Right. You could do that too. So. Cena, Cena wins the belt, unifies the belts at TLC or whatever. Could have done yeah. the Brock match there too. Yep. Brock rematch. Yeah, I mean, you lose the streak stuff. I mean, thirty's a tough one to sit here. You know, there's some there's some seminal shows in of history where you start doing the fantasy booking and you're like, you're messing with some quality stuff. So like, I don't know, is there a way to make thirty better? I, I think there's actually parts of thirty that are kind of crappy, but like the big stuff really works. So is that like a show you really want to start picking apart? I don't know. I would in a heartbeat. I'm very low on thirty, but yeah, I understand I'm in the minority. Are we gonna get bored here? <laughs> Yeah, it's been all right. Yeah, we got a, a good classic contest. When you um for you era. for you guys, when did the in ring work um start picking up during like I because like we eventually get to a point in the the later tens where the in ring work just reaches like an unreal level of athleticism. But I feel like we had like steps to get there. I feel like twenty eleven, especially like JT yeah. when we covered twenty eleven, we started to see glimpses of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. it's when they stop, like when they throw the towel in on the lost generation, right? Mm. We've talked about this concept of the lost generation quite a bit. It's the gap of guys because the older guard started lasting longer and didn't necessarily pass the torch when 2010 hit and all of a sudden they're all gone. Like that group of guys that should have been already ramping up by 08, 09 suddenly aren't really ready. Like, and, and they put a lot of time in those guys, right? Like swagger, Kofi, Miz, Ziggler, Morrison, like like all those guys in Kennedy, even if you want to go back a little bit further, Carlito, Umaga, mm-hmm. like all those guys that were starting to really put stock in in 07, 06, 07, 08, were supposed to be the next guys, right? And two reasons that gets fucked up. One is that middle ground never really takes off. That's like Benoit, Eddie group, right? Like those guys, Ray, like they're all great, but they don't really ever take over the era. Cena Batista kind of bridge it, but then 
Sean, Hunter, Taker, Kane, those guys all last like five years more than they probably should have. Um, and we're seeing it now, like on place to be like, we're, we're doing 09 into 10 and WrestleMania 26 hits, you know what I mean? And like, all of a sudden these guys are all gone. Like Sean's done. Taker's pretty much done. He starts to go to super part-time Kane, I guess, whatever Hunter starts going part-time at that point. Right. So it's like, where's that? No one fills that gap. And they were just starting to sign the indie guys, not fully buying in yet. So mm-hmm. But to your point, I think 11, 12, yeah, yeah, yeah. NXT starts, start FCW and NXT are kind of starting. But I think to your point, like Punk and Brian, because they're starting to get pushed, I think it's like a poor man's comp to like 94, 95 WF, right? When they started to push Brett and Sean and Kid and other guys, like they weren't, the whole promotion wasn't up to their level yet, but like, there were glimpses of what they were trying to do with the style. And I think that's Punk and Brian and these guys are starting to push the style ahead. And then when you get to 15, 16, 17 and you start getting Balor and Samoa Joe and AJ Styles comes in, you know, like, and you start getting those guys is when then it goes up a level. That's my thought. I don't know, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah. The indie, they also changed their style too, a little bit too, where they get a little more uppity, a little longer matches, less main event style more in mm-hmm. you know in more of a story kind of thing so yeah yeah once once certain people there found out about pwg i, I think it was very reflective in the yeah the television style i think the shield also did an amazing like a big a big task of like elevating the the in-ring style i feel like those matches and i'm looking forward to getting there in war when we cover like 12 and 13 um, just to kind of see the the impact they have, because in my head, like it's like a switch. Like right. the shield matches immediately stand out, and they kind of, mm-hmm. I think, stand the test of time of being like modern day, really, really, really good. Oh, matches. they were awesome, and it was like a huge breath of fresh air. I think it's what everyone was hoping the Nexus was going to be, mm-hmm. and I think that's another group of guys that washed out. That I mean, that's like yeah, seven that's- guys, and none of them hit besides Brian. And he, and I mean, he's Brian, right? So it's like he was going to hit if they gave him a chance. But Barrett, that was like a big miss that he just ends up becoming a mid-carder. All those guys, the guys I all named, like Morrison, Swagger, like those guys, they had, they looked like they were going to push to the McIntyre, right? It took him a decade to figure it out. Um, all those dudes, while they were fine, they just weren't stars that were going to carry you. So they just they lost a whole, you know, half a decade on dudes they were trying to build and prepare that just didn't click. They kind of looked at Brock comes back too. Yeah, that's their investment into the developmental. You know, you think about yeah. the Shield guys; those are much higher valued guys that they can plug in from the Nexus guys with your Otungas and your Tarvers, and mm-hmm. you know, just to name those guys, those low end guys. Slater's fine, but he's a you know a lower card guy. Yeah, it's not going to carry a promotion. No, for sure. And then you and then you miss on then you miss on Barrett. Ryback mm-hmm. is out of place there he's okay he ends up being fine but he's out of place he could have been a star like they like he is at a point it's right around now right is when he's like Mm -hmm. it's right here when he i think he could have beaten punk and it would have been super over like i think that's how hot he was but it's but it's not as he was presented in the nexus so it's just like kind of like no no all right triple h gets in there he's kind of invests into the like marcus said the pwg system or idea or whatever. They get that hungry lick there. Then they get the Rollins, the type. Reigns is their guy. Ambrose, get them in there. And then they just kind of just have a better crop and more quality and more investment, and we're off. 
and it raises and the floor. Is what they, do. they raise the floor is yeah. what they do. Like mm-hmm. because they get so athletic and and the matches the the base quality becomes like a three. Now you get some years like 2018, and when you get a down year during this time period, the floor is still nice and high. All right, like we're not getting ones, ones and a half, one and a half like you got in the 90s or even in the 2000s at times. You're getting like three, 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 three. Like you may get the rare four in some of those years, but like the baseline becomes high. But that also the ceiling doesn't raise with it a lot of times during this time period, unless it's like the extreme peaks. That that's my thought on it. It's like you have less variance, but you lose the the great, but mm-hmm. you also lose the all time bad. So you can become a world of three to three and a half star matches that are interchangeable. And allow you to miss TV because okay, I'll just see another three star match next week if I miss this week. You know what I mean? Like it's just they're all very good matches. The, the were, most in average, era, yeah. In that era, it's definitely like repeat heavy too. It's a lot oh, of yeah. fucking oh, title yeah. matches. In like oh, this didn't work out, so we're gonna play it again next week or next month. And just, well, yeah. and it becomes Especially... like your. I mean, you could argue the most random average Raw match of 2018. Is is the best match on like eighty percent of Raw from nineteen ninety five? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, like I mean, it's true. It, it could be some random throwaway Rollins match from a you know June Raw of eighteen or nineteen or seventeen, whatever you want to say. And it's probably maybe like the seventieth best match that year is like the best match in Raw in ninety five. It's just all relative. Yeah, but ninety five is much more memorable because it's. Yeah, it's nostalgic and it's not There's the less. same. It's not the same thing we saw last week. Yeah, you don't have the quantity. Like yeah. the quantity. So do you think the spinner belt held on a little long? Yeah, well, it doesn't spin, but <laughs> probably like Punk. Punk holding it looks. I you, Punk should have been the guy that like brings back a yeah. classic belt. Um, yeah. That match was good. I mean, I, it was the fine. next guy was it? Right. Punk won clean. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, cleanish. By a, by a slip, of, slip of a banana peel win right there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wasn't focused, but I feel like a three and a half. Or... Yeah, I go three and a half on that. Exactly. But that's, I mean, yeah, main event on Ion. Like a three and a half. This is what we're saying, right? Like, yeah. Just start out a three and a half start match on this. It's, you know, I guess this is their equivalent to Bretto and like we watched on Action Zone, right, Ryan? I mean, it was like, yes. They're two top guys, two champions. Got old Seamus belly aching, getting his heat back. I mean, Seamus has a good 12, right? I mean, he's got the extreme rules. Oh, yeah. Ryan. It's like awesome. Seamus has a really good, like, end of 11 and and whole year of 12, I think. He wins the Rumble. Mm-hmm. He has the member woman at 28. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is the SummerSlam match Henry this year? No, that, that was 11, wasn't it? Because when's the Hall of Pain? Or is that third? Uh, I suck at all this. That's Obviously. 11. 11. Right? What's the Hall of Pain? Mm-hmm. Because that's when he starts getting back over, I think. I, I think through 10 and early 11, everyone's like, oh, it's Triple H's boy, whatever. And then he's a heel, but he says they'll fight Henry, or I'll fight him. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then, and everyone, and he, they have a banger. And everyone's like, oh, shit, Seamus can go. Like, he's a badass. 
And I, I, I think he was the favorite to win that rumble in 12. Like it was him and Jericho were kind of the two guys yeah. right coming yeah. in. Um, so I don't think anyone was really upset um, when he won. It looks like Sheamus worked uh, Del Rio at SummerSlam 2012. And he works him again at uh, Night of Champions in September. So that's what he's coming off of. Uh, and then he gets into the Shield this. stuff at the end of the year into 13, right? He yeah. Gets, he's mm -hmm. in all those six-man tags, which are all great. Yeah. Him with Team Hell No? Or is that not a tryback? Team Hell no? <clears throat> yeah. Or uh, he teams a lot with like Orton. Orton and Big Show. Yeah. They do the right now. The Ryback or Big Show. Yeah, they kind of rotate through those guys. That upper mid card. When does Henry do the retirement? Is that thirteen with Cena? Ooh. I think it is. Right? Yes. Yeah, I think that's summer thirteen. With the salmon jacket. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh. They're really trying to do the presentation up on this show, like. Cole and Miz are very on point with their talk the way they're breaking down the match and analyzing it with the big hype packages. Like again, they're really, they really know how, from 1986 till now, they are really good at debuting shows. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say they're always great at keeping up with it, but like they're, they're really good at premieres. The box center. Box center from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So was this yeah, taped with Raw already? Let's look. It had to be. I don't think. I mean, it's always live. Obviously, on SmackDown. Anything? That's that'd be my guess. Tulsa seems like a, a SmackDown town. Yeah, it was taped on October second. So was this a Wednesday or a Thursday? I think it used to air on Wednesdays. I know at some point it was Wednesdays. I don't know if it always was, but I know on the network it was Wednesdays. It's Thursdays now, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is taped the day before. So they're taping Tuesday SmackDowns here. Was SmackDown on Tuesday at that point? No, uh, no, Friday. Thursday. Friday Thursday night on uh, Sci-Fi. Yep. That's right. It doesn't go Tuesday till what? Like when it goes to USA or whatever? When they do the draft. Uh, yeah. Which? 2016. I hated Tuesday. I know we talked about this, but I did not like Tuesday SmackDown. I, I liked like having like pay-per-view raw SmackDown, even though it was a lot of wrestling. And then like, you're kind of like done for the week. I kind of like it staggered. Um, it's like, you gotta yeah. get one, take a break get another one instead of like the whole week. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like, we got shit every night. So it doesn't matter between NXT on Tuesday, A and W Wednesday, Thursday's what impact Friday. SmackDown and Rampage, Saturday Collision. <laughs> Something every day, easily, now. really is. It's, it's too much. Way too much. That's what he dreamed of as a kid. Mm -hmm. So where was this when we, you know, we really had the free time to watch it all? I would have died for this yeah. in 1994. He's so, going to condense the week. Oh, next week, Big Show versus Orton. Still, so that's still committed. They're still committed. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I wonder how many weeks they go with, like, a name match, you know? I feel like it lasts a while for them. I feel like they have, like, oh, wow, that guy worked in an event. Like, I feel like that's a thing for a bit. I don't know. The Shield and the Wyatt had an absolute barn burner mm -hmm. in 14. Yeah. I think it was better than the uh, Extreme. No, 
What was it? Elimination Chamber match, maybe. Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Well, it's a big You're talking WrestleMania rebooks. That could have been a Shield versus Wyatt at 30. That could have been one that we could have thrown on yeah. WrestleMania. That seemed like it would have been way better for Wyatt. Yeah, okay. So week three is Kofi is for the IC title. All right. That's still a match, I'd say. Yeah, let's, we might as well go through it. The fourth episode is, and there's always seems to be like a squash match afterwards, or squash-ish, short match. All right, look at this. Number one contenders tag tournaments. We got Road Scholars beat the Usos. Santino and Ryder versus Gabriel and Kidd still to come. Primetime players versus, who's that, Kofi and stupid thing is on my screen. I couldn't see it. Truth, I it all. maybe? Is it true? Uh, Epico and Primo versus Mysterio and Sin Cara. But yeah, Kofi Ooh, Truth burners. versus the primetime players. Bro, bros, Cobras, get it? Oh boy, no. Cobras. That's right. Remember that stupid shit. This is in the middle of the company. Uh, either like combining names, or everything is like team. Team, yeah. Blah blah blah. Somebody there had just seen like the Burger King promotional material for Twilight from like 2009. Yep. yep, that was the whole thing. Everybody was a team. You guys feel like they missed on Ryder, or do you feel like he had to go be super indie guy to break out? Like, do you think he I had did. it in him to do it here? Yeah, yeah, I think he uh, did. Um, I don't I, think they would, they'd have trusted him. So. Well, that's the problem because if you're I not Triple he, H or Shawn Michaels or from that old class, yeah. you don't get a look. Yeah, for sure. It's they, crazy too they because he, he had a stealing. Well, it's crazy because he has a look. I mean, the dudes and like they always did, he did what they always tell everyone to do, right? Walter no. did it now. Like, get your ass in shape, right? So he gets himself in great shape. He talks. He hustles. Like he kind of did the ruthless aggression thing, you know, like he did his thing. He went out and did it. I think he just, I, I think they probably looked at him backstage as just a fucking Mark. I I mean, that had to be what it is, right? Like we're not going to push this fucking Mark kind of thing. Like dude loves wrestling toys and all this other shit. Like that had to be what it was because it was still kind of old boys club back then. Mm -hmm. You know, if he comes around now, I think it's probably different, right? When it's like kind of the nerd era gets more embraced later on. But I think at that time he was still up against it. We made that WWE buddy for 12, 13 years. Oh, That's he did joke. fine. No, he did fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't, if you asked him right now, like, I think he's pretty happy probably with how his career went overall. Like, he, um, like you said, he cashed in for a while. He was always featured, had a big mania moment at 32. Like, he kind of got that. And now he just makes bank on the indies, like being an asshole. So it's like, he's got a hot wife. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he, he's very happy with where he's at, I'm sure. But yeah, no, he's had an amazing okay. run. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I was always I I was on the train in 2011. I was like all in. I was watching was YouTube shows. Yeah. Very like LA Night vibes in 2011. Mm-hmm. For like right now is what he was back then. Pretty similar, I would say vibe wise. When he won that title over Dolph in Long Island, like that was a great moment. Then he's in that picture, that classic picture with all the champions, all the young champions. Like that that should have been his moment to ascend. I mean. And again, he was like kind of a homegrown guy, right? Wasn't he? He was just a local. Absolutely, yeah. He dude, barely worked indies up. and got signed. Yeah. 
Yeah, he did yeah. Matt Morgan squashes on TV, and they just took a liking to him. Um, but yeah, he come on MSG Survivor Series 2011, The Rock's mm-hmm. in the ring, and they're screaming Zack Ryder's name. Yeah, you know that that was it. That was it. They went with him with the U.S. title the next week or the next month at the pay per view, and, and then he was thrown off the stage by Kane. He had the neck brace. No, he got cucked by Cena. I mean, the Cena thing was brutal. Like, Cena, you know, Cena always kind of gets a pass, right? And he is a selfless dude. He's put over a ton of dudes. But now, yeah. This period of like 2010 ish till whatever, 13, 14, like, it's kind of rough. I mean, he kills the Nexus pretty pretty much. We talked about the Nexus kind of being weak anyway, but him no selling the DDT on the floor and winning that match at SummerSlam was like, that was the beginning of the end for them. Yeah. Um, and then the cucking rider during him being red hot was like ridiculous. I mean, he's pushing around. The, he looks like we talked about that war, Marcus. He's he looks like a complete non-entity by mania. Mm-hmm. He's he's like fucking Randy uh, from No Holds Barred. He's in the wheelchair. Looks like a bitch. You know, seeing is like banging his woman. Like it was just it was terrible. It was really bad. Kane's bullying him. And that was right after he was like super hot. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy within a month of him winning the. Was a U.S. title, whatever it was, he won. Yeah, definition of off. shut his water off. Yeah, they. Uh, it was like if he got hot after WrestleMania, where they didn't have these plans, perhaps mm-hmm. he would have had a better shot. That term. It's but, just bullshit, though. No, he didn't need, but he didn't him. need it's, it's to be that. sacrificed. Like he could have been hot anyway. What is that? What do you have? The U.S. title, right? Yeah, but they the U.S. Take it right off right take the swagger. Mm-hmm. Right, so he couldn't keep that U.S. title to Mania. Like he didn't need to be a main eventer of Mania, but he could have been in a marquee match. There's a million fucking matches on that card. Should have done him, Dolph, easily at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Or him versus any one of those five heels in that stupid match. And it's right. not like he got hot in like January or February. Like he was hot in like the summertime, mm-hmm. and carried that all the way through Mania. <laughs> it he got hot without a push. They didn't start pushing him until the fall yeah. or trying to push him. Pres- Whatever. Right. It's on them. It's not on him. No, I, I do think he's, he's a way better wrestler now than had he stayed there. No, yeah. for sure. It, he even has like a, a legendary like Goldust Seashow run in 15-16. That's why they gave mm-hmm. him the belt because he was killing it, making making guys when they were you know, expanding the company and depth, adding to the roster. He was there to make them all in the low shows and see what they got. You never – he never quit or threw in the towel or he could have complained. And that's why they kept him for 10 years. Yeah. And he made all that money because the dude just worked his ass off and always tried and never took one match or granted, you know, like every match. Look at it. I mean, he's out here flying around in this match. Yeah. So say he comes back, right? Eventually. I don't think he gets Cody Heights, but I think he's got a chance to at least do mm-hmm. something. Do you think they missed a the window? Though? Should he have come back this year at the Rumble? I feel like he was like really peaking i know he's still pretty hot on the indies and stuff but like i feel like the vibe around him in like december january was very high and i think him coming in at the rumble would have been like a huge moment perhaps he's, but what if- he's he's also creative enough to get himself that hype again yeah with no yeah. machine behind him so he's got his finger on the pulse you know he he knows what's up you know i feel like if if he had a, like a little if they gave him like a leash and let him go out there and be himself, he can he can do fine in WWE. You know what I mean? Like, not like a short leash. Give him a go out there and let go and do it. You know what I mean? So, do you put him with Chelsea? I think got to. They seem like heat magnets. Yeah. yeah. 
she's pretty fucking good. You know what I mean? Like, it depends what you want to do with him. Does he come back and he's your baby face, or is, is no? He's gonna be a prick heel. Yeah, he's gonna be a prick yeah. heel with her as like the hot bitch. Yeah, he'd even be cool just to bring in for like a Cody feud for like two months. Yeah, like a detour. And like people still know who he is. Bring him in, do a program, like get another six months out of him, and he disappears again. Like right. No, uh, we call him Dolph. Uh, we call him Zack Ryder. Or we call him Matt Cardona. I think he comes back as Cardona. Yeah. Zack Ryder feels like a dead brand. Yeah. I just I feel like in this Triple H era, generally they they use the the real name. Like I'd be surprised if he came back and yeah. Zack Ryder. He's so they pick up a big win here. Oh seven to twenty. That's thirteen years of Zack Ryder. Yeah, I don't care. I, I think he comes back. As I don't know. I think they, more, the name is too big right now in the Indies. Yeah, he got more over as Cardona. Yeah, as Cardona. Is ball, ball show. Yep. It depends though. He might not. Cardona might not want to give up the trademark, so he might say, yeah, "I'll be Zack Ryder." Because <laughs> no, I know, but they're gonna try. They try and do that all the shit all the time. They'll try and. Whatever we own, I mean Cody, right? Well, so I guess he's not really Rhodes, but didn't they fucking trademark Runnels or some shit too on him? <laughs> That's why he was just Cody at AEW. They had to call wow. a, a truce, <laughs> exchanging yeah. trademarks or whatever. Uh, all right, real quick, um, what did you think of the show out of ten? Just a, as a show, as a show, I thought it was a six. It was fine. You know, it was we got a pretty good match, three, very good match to start. But unique segments with the in, in ring backstage, good good filler. The squash match at the end was whatever. I go six. I thought it was good. Solid six and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll go six. Um, in our chat here, with, uh, our friend Jenny's listening in. She said uh, Cardona has said that Ryder was dead in, in interviews. So um, yeah, but the heat is know. to come back as Ryder. The heat, yeah, yeah. you know, you're going to come back as Zack Ryder. That's the heat. But you are acting like Matt Cardona. Right. Uh, all right. As a pilot out of 10. 6 or 5. 6.5. I'll go up a half. Um, I'll go 7 just because it's based off of the strength of the one match. Then we got the, kind of the bonus match at the end. Changed up the presentation a little bit. Commentators yeah. are actually looking at each other while they were talking. So I, I'll give them a 7 for the one week of effort. I think I'll go seven too. I think it yeah. um, it felt very slick. It felt very well produced. I like. I really like those hype packages on Punk and Sheamus, introing to a new audience, rolling out a big title match, champion versus champion, um, and prepping next week. They hard sell ne- hard sold next week for show and Orton. So again, I this is really good at these premieres. <laughs> this is another good one. Uh, MVP, I'll go Punk. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'll go Phil from Chicago. LVP, I'll, who took the loss in that tag? Was it uh, was it Gabriel or uh, uh, Later Gabriel? yeah, let's go Justin Gabriel. Yeah. I'm gonna go Matt Stryker as your uh, as your bum in the back. I, I can uh, I didn't know he was LVP still around this long. Backstage, he's still around in 2012. Yeah. Uh, all right, best segment or match? I think we're comfortably going Punk Sheamus on this. Yep. All right, and then uh, most 2012 thing. I'm gonna go with the Susan Coleman pink ropes. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's a great one, but I'll go Zack Ryder's frosted spikes, frosted depths. Okay. There you go. Or Cobro. Santino's another guy. I can't believe he's still around in 2012. He was there at the Red Split in 2016. He was still chugging. That's 
crazy. Unreal. So. All right, another installment of the adventure is done, and we are inching closer to the end of the season, Ryan. We got four left of the premieres before we change topics for season two. So looking forward to that. Marcus, thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon on WD War, Viewer's Choice, etc. Be sure to check out everything. NorthSouthConnection.com uh, houses all our video audio if you want to check that out for one stop. Talk to you guys soon. Keep adventuring. I forget that I have a close to this, but I don't remember. Don't adventure lose your adventure on. spirit. Adventure on. Goodbye. Me, I'm not.